I am going to tell you a story that a powerful state doesn't want you to know about tens of thousands who have disappeared. Once they get into the hands of the military, they will be tortured brutally. It's a story so dangerous to tell that for some, it's meant ending up on a kill list. She was seen as a dangerous political actor and a threat to Pakistan's security, but she was a local hero. The Kill List, a six-part investigative podcast, available now. Get early access to episodes at cbc.ca slash listen, or by subscribing to the CBC True Crime Premium channel on Apple Podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. I had graduated from college in the summer of 2020 and moved to Toronto in hopes of better job opportunities. And I had been here for a few months and had had no luck getting a job, I think, because it was the middle of COVID. So, yes, I was experiencing financial difficulty and had come across a posting, I believe, on social media advertising rent bank for people in Toronto who were having trouble paying their rent. Amy lives in Toronto. She's a single mom. She works full time. And in 2020, she accessed something called a rent bank because she had fallen behind on her payments and was worried about getting evicted. In the past year, her rent went up, forcing her to move. But even after finding a new place, she had to use the rent bank again to make ends meet. I think it's crazy to think that somebody who works full time and is doing the best they can is struggling to pay their rent and get by. And I feel like that's what most Canadians are dealing with right now. Everybody is having a difficult time getting by financially. And I just think to myself, what is our future leading to if most of society is having a difficult time just paying basic necessities? In a cost of living and housing crisis, this is a really interesting idea. Rent banks are available in a number of provinces across this country. Some, like New Brunswick, are considering the idea. Canada's longest-running rent bank is in Toronto. Gladys Wong is executive director of the Neighbourhood Information Post. This is the lead agency of Toronto's rent bank. Gladys, good morning. Good morning. What exactly is a rent bank? Can you explain that for us? The Toronto Rent Bank, or the Rent Bank in general, provides financial assistance to low-income households who are struggling with rent payments, who are behind in their rent and face eviction. So we target low-income, middle-to-low-income households who generally make slightly too much to qualify for social assistance, but um, earn too much to... Um, uh, but but um, earn, do not earn enough to mm. qualify for bank loans. And so how, do, how does that work? People apply for the rent bank? Yes. So um, I can talk about the Toronto rent bank. Mm-hmm. So in, in Toronto, if a family is facing eviction because of rental arrears or if they do need to move to a more affordable or a safer housing unit, they could access the rent bank by calling um our number. We do have a number for people to call to go through a pre-screening process. And if they uh, pass the pre-screening process, if it seems like they meet the program eligibility criteria, then um, our program will refer an intake worker to follow up with the applicant um, so that um, a more thorough intake and assessment could be done. Is it a loan? Do they get a grant for the money or do they have to pay the money back at some point in time? 
Right. So when the Toronto Rent Bank program started in 1998, it started out as um, an interest-free loan program. So at the time, um, applicants were asked to pay us back, and our repayment was actually very flexible. Um, applicants were asked to pay back $25 a month, and if they were not able to pay back, that was fine as well. Um, in May of last year. Because of the changes in the economic um, situation for many people after the pandemic, the city of Toronto, which funds the Toronto Rent Bank, mm. made the decision of changing the program from interest-free loans to grants. So right now, um, all our rent bank applicants are not required to pay back. They would receive a grant, not a loan. What have you heard? You mentioned the changing economic situation. So many people are struggling to make ends meet, and we just heard from mm-hmm. from one of them in Amy there. What are you hearing from? Right. Pe- what are you hearing from people right now? Well, during the pandemic, we saw a significant rise in an. In, in unemployment. Many people had pay cuts or reduction in work hours. Now that the pandemic is over, a lot of tenants in Ontario or in Toronto in particular are still struggling to make rent payments. And nowadays, Toronto is a very expensive city to live in. And mm. for many people, income is just not catching up with the rapid rate of inflation. And it is very easy to deplete all your savings. And from what we can see from our clients, many households just do not have enough disposable income or they do not have any disposable income. And most of their income is going towards rent. Um, So like for these households, they're very vulnerable. Any kind of income disruption, such as a sudden illness or sudden death in the family, reduction of work hours, car problems, etc., it can lead to rental arrears and, and 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 an eviction. And right now we're seeing people who have never applied for government or community assistance or never thought of having to apply for assistance calling us for help. And, and again, as you said, these are people who make just enough that they're outside of the, the threshold for social assistance, but not enough right. to make ends meet in a city as expensive as Toronto. Have you seen the demographics of people change in terms of the, your clients? Yes, we're seeing people who are earning more um, and needing assistance. In the past, I think our program was primarily helping low-income households. But right now, we're seeing people who are earning more and are still having a hard time making ends meet. And I think, I think we all know that, like, if you were making like a, a relatively so-called decent income, like forty thousand, fifty thousand, before the pandemic, yes, things were okay. But after the pandemic, what? was considered decent before the pandemic is no longer able to sustain a living. Is, is that, is that it, I mean, broadly, is that sort of the income of some of the people who would be accessing your service? People who household yes. income might be forty or $50,000? Yes, yes. And we were, we, we were um, during the pandemic and after the pandemic, we were seeing people who were making um, a relatively decent income and still not being able to make ends meet. So the program had to raise our income eligibility criteria so that we could um, cover those people. Mm. Just before I let you go, are you able to keep up with the number of people who would want to access a service like this? Again, we're going to hear more about how this is playing out across the country, but we know that Toronto is an incredibly expensive city to live in. Incredibly, incredibly. And um, I, we're very thankful to the city of Toronto. They have made a commitment to this program and um, 
we are not turning anyone away, and the city of Toronto is giving us sufficient funding um, to assist people who are in need. So um, just wanted to use this opportunity to thank the city of Toronto for their commitment to helping the vulnerable tenants in Toronto. It's really interesting to hear about the work that you're doing. Gladys, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Gladys Wong is executive director of the Neighborhood Information Post. It's the lead agency of Toronto's rent bank. Grab your VIP pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We're in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The impacts of rising rents are being felt right across this country, not just in Toronto. Vancouver ranks as the most expensive city with rent for the average one-bedroom apartment there at almost $3,000 a month. And that sting of higher rents is being felt coast to coast to coast, from Halifax to Victoria and across the north as well. Melissa Giles is Managing Director of the British Columbia Rent Bank. She's in Langley, BC. And Tobin LeBlanc-Haley is Co-Director of the Housing Mobilization and Engagement Research Lab, also an Assistant Professor of Sociology at the University of New Brunswick. Good morning to you both. Good morning, Matt. Melissa, tell me a little bit, I mean, hearing what Gladys is doing uh, in Toronto, how does that square with what you're seeing from rent banks in BC when it comes to demand for the services, but also who is coming to a rent bank looking for help? Yeah, our story is really parallel to what uh, Gladys shared, and we're actually meeting regularly with partners across Canada to talk about this. So we've definitely seen an increase in the demand for services. Just this last quarter, year to date, we've seen a 30% increase in the number of loans that we've uh, offered to people in order to keep them housed. And so we see on average about 500 to 550 applications coming in every month from across BC with low to moderate income earners who are really struggling to make ends meet. And those are people, as Gladys was saying, who perhaps, I don't know, fall between the cracks is the right phrase, but people who are earning an income, but the income isn't uh, low enough that they would qualify for social assistance, but it's not high enough to be able to meet the demands of an increasingly expensive society. For sure. I mean, a rent bank is traditionally seen as an eviction prevention and housing stability program. But it also can be viewed as financial assistance for people who have nowhere to turn. Um, On top of seeing a high demand, we continue to see a high level of people who are carrying high debt loads. They've already turned to credit cards or high interest payment places like payday loans or Money Mart. Mm. And what we're really trying to do is provide an alternative for them. Because we know once they borrow from one of these institutions... Then they're caught in a cycle of poverty and that high interest rate that they're forced to pay just continues to cripple them with high levels of debt. I want to come back to that in a moment. Tobin, this is an idea I think that perhaps people are learning for. Some people might be learning about uh, for the first time. How many rent banks are there across this country right now? Yeah, uh, great question. Um, it's very actually very difficult for us to say because not there are rent banks that are, for example, in Manitoba, 
um, that in 2021 were funded by the provincial government through the Manitoba Nonprofit Housing Association. There is, of course, the Toronto Rent Bank, the oldest rent bank in the country. There is the BC Rent Bank, which operates and funds a number of rent banks across British Columbia with full provincial coverage. But there are also a number of small nonprofits and charitable organizations that run these in smaller, you know, smaller communities um, where we may not know uh, that they're there. So uh, uh, it, that's a very difficult mm. to say. What I what I can say is that people are learning about rent banks now, maybe for the first time, given the situation that so many Canadian households find themselves in, uh, renter households where they need a little uh, assistance. But these have been around for a, for a while and, and doing a really important work of, of uh, housing stability and eviction prevention. How quickly do they need to work? If, if the rent is due and you're trying to prevent eviction, how quickly does that have to turn around so that the client can able can be can access that loan so that they don't get tossed out of their home? Mm-hmm. So um, what we've learned, so I, I um, run a, a research study on rent banks with yeah. uh, Laura Penn and, and Christy Lane and the Canadian Rent Bank Coalition. And uh, what we've heard from our work is that rent banks uh, across the country, all of the rent banks that we've looked at, do a lot of work to make sure that if someone is approved for a grant or a loan, that even if it takes a minute to um, cut the check and get the check into the hands of the landlord, that there is communication that that tenant can take to the landlord to make sure that they know that it's coming. To tell them the money's on the way. Exactly. And so so that will help stabilize and and not have that person evicted, even though they've been, let's say, approved for a, a grant or a loan. Mm. And there are a non-interest loan, of course. And there are uh, rent banks where they have models that if you are facing eviction, if eviction is imminent, if you have that, let's say, you know, eviction notice, then your uh, application can be, you know, accelerated, prioritized. Um, these are folks who are very committed to housing stabilization and will do what they can within the, you know, operating policies of the organization to make sure that people get what they need to stay housed. Melissa, that, and that's the, the point here. In some ways, the goal is to prevent eviction. What do we know about how difficult it is to get back into housing once you are out of stable housing? We absolutely need to focus on the eviction prevention side of things. When we look a lot at the vulnerable populations that are coming to rent banks, you can talk about uh, seniors who are on fixed income. And we know that often seniors have been in their residence for many years. And so for them to be displaced and then for them to try to find another rental within a fixed uh, cost of living or fixed income, it's becoming increasingly difficult. When I started this work years ago, you know, we used to talk about, uh, you know, relocating. So, okay, this this current housing situation is not sustainable for you. Let's use the rent bank assistance to try to get you into a new rental. Um, that's becoming almost an impossible conversation these days. So we've got to focus on keeping people where they're at because we know the cost to both the landlord to the tenant and to the community when eviction happens is really expensive. An impossible situation because you can't just move around in within the city and even to move to a different city, rent is expensive. That's right. I think people tend to focus the conversation on large urban areas such as Toronto and Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but BC had in the latest rental index four of the most, uh, the 12 most expensive cities to live in. So we hear uh 
from people in the Kootenays up to the northern part of BC. And this is a province-wide issue. This is not just an urban issue. Tobin, which provinces, when you look at this broadly through your research, which provinces are getting this right when it comes to addressing the needs of applicants who find themselves, because of this cost of living crisis that we're in right now, who find themselves um, unable to, to meet that rent? That's a great question. So again, um, if we're talking about rent banks that have provincial coverage, um, then we're talking, um, I can speak to uh, the Manitoba model mm -hmm. and the BC model. Um, of course, not all provinces that have rent banks have full provincial coverage. But uh, in BC, uh, it operates, and Melissa can speak more to this, in a hub and spoke model. And so they're able to reach, uh, working with partners, into the different communities in BC. BC is a massive province with lots of different economic and, and geographic realities. And so by working with that hub and spoke model, they're able to, you know, reach out to folks and have um, an income threshold for qualifying for a rent bank that speaks to the local realities. Uh, and I th and they have a, a network of partners that work well together. So that is that model works very well. Um, and additionally, in, in Manitoba, uh, where there is provincial funding um, that is, you know, stable, re relatively secure, um, at least for a while, uh, the the Manitoba Nonprofit Housing Association can, you know, reliably provide supports to folks who are struggling and, and do offer support to folks who are accessing social assistance. Um, you know, some some models uh, allow for uh, folks who are accessing social assistance mm. to to get a, a grant or a loan, and, and some models don't. Are there any provinces? But I would say if you, those if, are two good examples. If you're looking Sorry. at eviction prevention, are there any provinces? Mm -hmm. Because part of this is about you know, rent control, part of it is about yes. ensuring that people aren't evicted, that you have vacancy control, for example, so that if you mm -hmm. leave, that the landlord can crank the rent up for the next person who comes in. Are there any provinces that have figured that out? Um, <laughs> uh, rent control. I mean, yes, one of, one of the things that I always say when I'm talking about rent banks and when I'm talking about this research is that the um, the investment that rent banks make in their community are best protected and are the most effective when there is a rent control regime in place and where there is strong uh, eviction protection for, let's say, like rent eviction. And so uh, I would say you know, BC has a, a, a rent control regime. Manitoba has a rent control regime. Ontario you know, has one. It could be better. Um, but uh but yeah, places where there are where there is rent control um, and and a really robust uh, eviction prevention uh, are places where the the investment that a rent bank makes uh, is is sustained and and made more effective. Melissa, do you think you're able to reach everybody who needs help? You're managing this province wide network, uh, and given what you just described in terms of the fact that it's not just uh, a major city like Vancouver or Victoria, um, are you able to help everybody who needs help? Well, we're de definitely grateful here in BC as well for the support of the provincial government. And we've been seeing more and more municipalities come on board to financially support the rent bank model. Um, the increasing awareness of the service means that there is an increasing demand. And so our needs are going to grow into the future. If I look at last year and then again up to year to date, as I've mentioned, there's a 30% increase in the number of uh people or renters that we're helping with financial assistance. So um, we're grateful for our partners. As Tobin mentioned, we have a hub and spoke model. Mm. 
When I started this work in 2019, we had seven rent banks in BC. Uh, today, we have 18 of them. So we're incredibly grateful for those nonprofit organizations that are doing that hard frontline work of meeting with renters day in and day out to try to find solutions in these very difficult economic times. Tobin, we just have uh, 30 seconds or so left. There's a mm-hmm. lot of focus on homeowners. There's a lot of focus on <laughs> mortgage rates, for example. Do we pay anywhere near enough attention to the lot of renters in this country? Absolutely not. Um, as we know in Canada, I'm looking at it right now from StatsCan, Focus on Geography series, if anyone wants to go look at it, about 17% of uh, households, the 50 million-ish households, just under 50 million um, in Canada, about 17% live in unaffordable housing, but twenty only 12% are owners Mm. and 27% are renters. So that's just over 3 million owners and uh, 2,700,000 renters. So the inequality between homeowners and renters is unbelievable. The financial inequality, the median incomes between homeowner households and renter households is is quite stark. And so, no, we are not paying enough attention uh, to renter households in this province, in this country. Glad to give it a bit of attention this morning. Thank you both for being here. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having us, Matt. Tobit LeBlanc-Haley is co-director of the Housing Mobilization and Engagement Research Lab at the University of New Brunswick. Melissa Giles is managing director of the BC Rent Bank. Your thoughts on this welcome, particularly on the high cost of rent and where it's pinching you, you can let us know. Email us current at cbc.ca. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.